So today we're going to be talking a little bit about being hardwired for reciprocity. Hardwired. Hardwired. You know, I love talking about the nervous system. What, do it you? totally lights me up. Really? Yes, I do. I love I, talking about the nervous system. I'm trying to remember when the last time you may have mentioned this. Maybe five minutes ago. Probably. Probably so. So I'm all, I'm all about thinking about how we are um, hardwired. And we think about that typically in terms of just biology. But I also think about it in terms of how are we hardwired for and with God? Hmm. Like, um, like connected, like not only connected, but created. Like I, I think of, are you going to say that's different? <laughs> You're going to laugh at me. <laughs> okay. Why are you laughing? I'm not, I'm not sure yes, exactly are. why I'm laughing. Um, yes, we are created by God. I, um, and so, how's that different from connection? Well, I'm just, you're talking about wires. Yes. And I'm thinking about things that connect and and we started talking about God. So I was thinking about the hard wiring of our humanity. I mean, the whole nervous system, right? Yeah. Um, all those, um, all those what? what seem like wires that run down our spine and throughout our body. Mm-hmm. Connect like our gut and they, our they connect, brain. They connect everything. And and yet, do we ever really recognize that they're also connecting us with the divine? I mean, I love thinking about that. I know you do. I know, so let's all think about it for a moment, <laughs> right? Because... I think I think we are hardwired for not only connecting with God in any given moment and we are also, you know, our molecules <laughs> are are I was, crafted. I was trying to figure out how long it was gonna or, take. Well, I mean, come on. <laughs> crafted or grafted with divine DNA. Go on. So, so all I'm saying is because of how we are created, um, and we know from Scripture that we are created in God's image, um, then that sets us up to interact and engage with the world and people in, in really organic ways if we can tap into it, right? Because, like, I feel like we're crafted um, hardwired to be of God and for God, and yet then we spend like the rest of our lives forgetting that. For forgetting it, but not not even forgetting it, but um, being asleep to it. Asleep to it, but sometimes I feel like we beat it out of our young people. Oh, I think so. Oh, I totally agree with you. I on mean, that. I think about our education system is so often. Um, Re- reducing our our um, child population's capacity to imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and ima- oh, that's 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 really right on, because I think our ability to imagine is so much a revelation of our connection with God. 
Yes. I mean, for sure. I mean, we, we talk a lot about wonder on this podcast and, and the ability, the capacity to even consider what's beneath the surface of something, to really wonder about something. Um, you can't do that without an imagination. And depending on how your imagination is cultivated um, will will determine the extent of your ability to explore the person, the thing, the creature, whatever's in front of you. Right. Yeah, because I'm very aware, especially after since doing this podcast and thinking about that prayer all year from um, our baptism about mm-hmm. joy and wonder, I'm so aware that any time I experience even the slightest bit of wonder, it is connecting me to God. For sure. And God's creation. Because at that point, right, everything becomes a threshold. Mm, yeah, say more. So I mean, I re- I'm resonating with that in my molecules, but... <laughs> But say it out loud. I'm so glad (laughs) your molecules and wires are resonating. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, That's part of what we have to pay. Tingling all over. We have to pay attention more to that. This is what we override in Mm -hmm. our young people. And then by the time we're adults, forget it. Yeah. Right? So it's a total relearning process about just orienting to the organic way we were created to begin with. Yeah. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. Tell us what. No, I'm, I answer I'm, the question I asked you. To I am with you. I am totally on board with that. Um, I was ready to go in a different direction, but let's come back to your question. Okay. Um, what was it? Oh shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Some. Um, oh. It's the th- it's the threshold. Oh, so, the threshold. Right. 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 Um, but think about just what's going on in the natural world. Yeah. Okay. Imagine. That um, that last time you took a walk in the woods, and and you saw that butterfly, mm-hmm. and I used to sit on the bank of the Potomac when I was um, serving in Maryland. I would cross the cross the Potomac to get into West Virginia, and I'd go to the West Virginia side of the river, and I would sit there, and there was always this family of swallowtails. Hmm. And and I watched them just about every single day of the summer. And and I remember just sitting on the bank, reading, and just kind of delighting in this family. There are usually like five or six of them of swallowtails just hanging out in the mud right by the river. And and I th- I think of God's creatures the the earth other people are for us thresholds of the divine and so they they are they are places in the world that serve as portals of divine communication mm. other people do that for us yeah sometimes it's, without even knowing it right so if they're really present with us mm-hmm. they don't if they're trying to do it, you know they're not doing it. Right, 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 right. But if they're really present with us, yeah, they become thresholds. If we're really present, we become thresholds. God's creatures are always present. Mm-hmm. 
and just waiting for us to see how they are for us thresholds to receive grace, to receive the energy of God, and draw our attention through and beyond them to the giver. Yes. Yeah. I mean, isn't that just astounding? I, I do think it's astounding. And, and I think everything around us is just saying, hey, God has something to say. Mm. Come, come closer. Mm-hmm. But you know, as you oftentimes remind me, is we're already close. It's our perception mm-hmm. that makes us feel as if we're far away from God. Totally. And when I draw close to that creature, right? I become more aware of the creator. Yeah. And so, yeah, God's always near. You know, the creator, and I have to say, too, that there's a particular characteristic of the creator that I am made more aware of which is um, benevolence, mm. goodness. Absolutely. Right? And um, I, so many people grew up with a really different concept of God, um, a very judgmental, harsh, angry, scary God. And um, I've, I've spent a lot of time in, um, in certain rooms where people have talked about Um, growing up with that kind of vindictive, scary, judgmental God. And it's one of the reasons I I feel so grateful that I grew up in the Episcopal Church because I grew up um, really not only hearing about, but being curious about, like having a sense of wonder Mm -hmm. about this loving, benevolent, gracious God. Um, And so the idea of creatures or creation um, serving as a portal or a threshold um, to mine the gap between Mm. my perception and the very real nearness of a loving, gracious, benevolent, kind God. I mean, it just fills me with awe. Right, and I think, I mean, come back to the butterfly. Mm Mm-hmm. God is at least as gentle, if not gentler, than the butterfly. Mm. And Mm -hmm. God is as fierce as the lion. Yes, all of it. And and I think... um, And everything in between. And everything in between. Because let's not go dual. (laughs) Right. And... but, But that's what we do. And that's... And that's that um, wonder that gets beat out of us mm-hmm. that we we create this binary, dualistic sense of God. And so God is either for us or against us, mm-hmm. right? Right. Not that God is completely for us mm. and that means God. God's going to come and get you sometimes. Yeah. And out of love. Out of love. Out of that, like, I think of the great, the, the good shepherd and he'd taken his crook 
you know, I'm pulling you in. And and that can be painful. Especially if you're, you know, an unruly sheep. Right. And you're like <laughs> running in the other direction. That force of like your your mass going one way and the crook pulling you a different way. I mean, that's that's tough. Again, those the gritting of your teeth makes it seem like you've experienced this before. Maybe, maybe, maybe maybe I have. Yeah, I definitely have. But I think there is something that we need to um, wonder about more and more. Um, This this understanding of threshold, because it's not even it's not even the gentle, kind people in our lives that serve as thresholds. Oh, it can be the hard, unkind. Um, people in our lives that can still serve as thresholds for us to receive whatever transformation God might be um, working out through them, for them, through us, for us, in that dialogue, encounter, engagement, whatever it might be. And and I think it requires... um, a real growing awareness of that um, multiplicity of God, as yeah. it were. Yes. That um, um, unboundedness of how God relates to us. You know, God just never fits our neat, tidy categories. Right. And and God is never either or. Can't be. Yeah can't be because there's just too much vastness in the world. There's too much mystery. There's um, too much expansiveness. And and God is in and of all of it. And, you know, what you just said um, makes me think of um, our Buddhist brothers and sisters. And their teachings have really helped me to better appreciate, like, the grittier parts, like, if I'm honest, the grittier people in my life, Mm -hmm. I can receive them as teachers. Um, I can receive them as part of the breath of the spirit, helping me to learn and grow and expand um, and really stretch my ability um, in connecting not only with people that I, that I struggle with or, or that I, um, yeah, I have a hard time with, but also mainly dealing with what that brings up in me. It's so easy to make it about, well, gosh, if they would just change or if they weren't so difficult, then, you know, then I'd be fine. (laughs) But, But really it's about they're helping something to arise in me that I need to work through with a loving God and maybe a mentor too, or a Mm -hmm. good friend. Um, but but there is, there's that refining, that um, that burning away of something in me yeah. to make me more capable of being a threshold at any given time um, whenever it's needed by God's grace. It's not yeah. up to me when I'm going to be a threshold. Right. Um, and we, we've, we've talked about uh, this in a different way on the podcast a while back. And, and it's learning to see this, this, this sense of others being a threshold. It's learning to see everyone as an invitation. Everyone is an invitation. Yeah. That's exactly right. 
Yeah. And one of the things I've been thinking about too about this is how every, every person, every situation, every encounter is a threshold. And so if that's true, then what is God doing with that? Yes, there's a refinement, there's a burning away, there's um, um, maybe even a purification process. Um, and what those, what those bring about more in us is the fruits of the Spirit. Mm. which we learn about in Galatians, yeah. right? Like it brings about a, a deeper sense of an understanding what love is, what an understanding of generosity and kindness and faithfulness and self-control and all, you know, all the, the nine gifts that, and I've, I've, I've started thinking about this, um, how you know, all these opportunities are a way to cultivate, to sharpen all of those fruits that already exist in all of us. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we're we're we are hardwired with those <laughs> fruits, right? We are hardwired for kindness. We're hardwired for generosity, in God's abundant love for humanity, right? And so, you know, one of the things we were talking about is in this last chapter of Acts is how Paul and the followers of Jesus are encountering these people in a variety of different places who don't know the who don't know the gospel, who don't know who Jesus is. And yet they are working out of those fruits mm-hmm. that um, they were born with yeah. and by the grace of God have been cultivated. Mm-hmm. And so you do see this extension of this expression of generosity and hospitality um, that's very meaningful to, to Paul and the people that are traveling with him. You know, we think of, or I do, I think of Paul as like working for God, working for God, like just (laughs) preaching, preaching, preaching. He's just giving, right? Like he's just giving, 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 giving. And I'm, I'm really moved how in this last chapter of Acts, he, um, it was kind of is forced to receive, Mm. right? He's kind of at the mercy of other people's, um, Benevolence. Yeah. Well, he's a prisoner on ship. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, like this, um, this one verse I love at the beginning of twenty-eight, and it says, "And the barbarians, like you hear the word barbarians, you're like, this isn't going to be good." <laughs> um, and the barbarians extended us extraordinary kindness. Mm-hmm. Kindness is a fruit of the spirit. Extraordinary kindness. Um, and then later, in this same chapter. Um, it talks about, it's, it mentions how Paul thanked God and became encouraged. Like, I love the idea of Paul being encouraged. Because he's the encourager. Right, right. right. And even the encourager needs to be encouraged from mm-hmm. time to time. Um, yeah. And so there's this way in which that, and I, I do love thinking about this, how humanity, even before we know what our beliefs are, even before we know who God is or isn't, mm-hmm. whether we, um, our belief is, regardless of what our beliefs are, honoring this benevolent goodness that is within us. Yeah. That is, we are woven with that that divine DNA, these um, these fruits of the spirit, and and when we really live out of that place, we can't help 
but be exceedingly kind <laughs> or to offer um, things out of a spirit of generosity. And, you know, we see Paul do, again, what we've seen earlier in Acts is, you know, he receives this this gracious hospitality and then he sees um, um, someone's father who has fever and he he put he lays his hands on him and prays and he and he heals him mm. and it reminds me of when you know he's set free and the jailer he could have just run yeah but he stayed and had this really beautiful dialogue with the jailer and jailer of course is so curious like oh what is this faith i mean they have so much faith that they know that they don't have to run and then paul and um they baptize you know, like, I mean, there's this, this beautiful, and then they care for their wounds, right? I mean, there's this just beautiful reciprocity happening between unlikely characters. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just, here it is again, as we wrap up acts of um, receiving hospitality from un, unlikely sources. And then there's this this flow of grace, right? Like how often do we maybe receive um, grace, but then we don't let it flow, right? Mm. Like we don't kind of engage in that um, movement of reciprocity. We just kind of like, it becomes one thing or it becomes two things, whether kind of then staying in that, that flow of reciprocity, a flow of grace, really. Yeah, and so how might, um, you know, we, we were talking so much earlier about a threshold, mm-hmm. And, and I'm wondering that just having this image of a threshold and, and the extension of hospitality taking place there mm-hmm. and, and what it means to, to move through a threshold and, um, and how these people might, might have been a place of hospitality that that Paul moves through and then mm. and then he himself becomes an opportunity mm-hmm. uh, becomes a threshold himself mm-hmm. that they then move through mm-hmm. by way of healing yeah and then it's it's that same reciprocity that you're talking about and and what what the image that I was um, coming to mind as you were talking was that sense of flow that you know, if we can if we can consider it as a threshold, then then the flow is is always meant to be cycling uh, in and out and back again, mm-hmm. not um, not going and just kind of stopping and not just leaving. Right? There is a it's a it's a gathering point, mm-hmm. and and how might our extension and receiving of hospitality draw all of us into a greater awareness of of that organic flow, the movement of the spirit that's constantly taking place, that's constantly joining and rejoining our lives. Mm -hmm. Constantly joining and rejoining our lives. Yeah. And there were a lot of images put forward there, and I don't want to get lost in them too much, but I just think about when we can 
consider who we are as thresholds and other people as thresholds, we, we do become portals of the Spirit's movement. Yes. And, and not just for me, but for everybody, mm. right? And everybody for everybody else. And that's what I mean. It's this, um, I mean, not only, not only are we as humans hardwired, you know, the earth is hardwired. Yes. Right, right, right. And, and this is how we participate in, in, in the earth's natural organic healing movement that's constantly happening around us. Right. And, and it is, um, a responsibility yeah, and so, you know, even just thinking back to that idea of there being an either-or, that God's over there and we're over here, and, and how just problematic that's been throughout the history of the world. And when we really work from that place of wholeness, that we're, we're already whole, mm-hmm. and we're already woven together, when that's our starting point, then we we recognize that God is holding all of that together. Yes. And you know, and and the Spirit is like the um, um, I it, not to get too technical, but I always like to think of the Spirit's movement as a centripetal and centrifugal force. It's always going out to the edge, but coming back to the center, going out to the edge, coming back to the center. It's not, it's not one direction or the other. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not pushing out or pulling in. It's doing it all at the same time. Right. Yeah. And, and that's our life. It's, it's all of that and everything in between. And, and for us to, um, attend to what we're caught up in, in the moment, mm-hmm. you know, where, where is the spirit leading me? How am I to be a threshold now? Right. And, and, and be present there mm-hmm. as that threshold and attentive to how the spirit's moving and flowing and, and who the spirit's connecting me with. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a beautiful spiritual practice when you think of it. I, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. It takes a certain amount of mindfulness, a certain amount of willing to be present um, to the present moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is a moment-by-moment practice. And, you know, I can't remember who I was reading recently, but... Um, they were talking about the Dalai Lama and how the Dalai Lama can be even as busy as he is and as moving about as he goes. And if he's with somebody for 30 seconds, they always walk away saying it was, it felt like he was, he was with me for like hours. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's what, do you think that's the depth of his presence? I do. And that's what I think it begins to look like the more we are present and aware. Time has a way of standing still in our experience. And while the clock may keep ticking, 
being present and receiving each other expands infinitely. Mm-hmm. Infinitely. Again, pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, so as we're wrapping up the book of Acts, um, I think it's, it is interesting that, that chapter 28 ends with um, Paul receiving so much after giving so much, mm-hmm. um, chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter. Um, and yeah, this, this great reciprocity um, between God and God's people and between people um, here on earth. And I, yeah, I'll be thinking more about this idea of a threshold. Yeah, me too. Okay. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) And for all you mothers out there and all of you who have mothered children in some way um, and everybody else. We invite you to join us this evening for Breathing Under the Oak Trees at Lakeshore Park at 5 p.m. We meet um, adjacent to the large marble pavilion, and we hope to see you there this evening, 5 p.m. And next Sunday, two different things to be aware of. We have a guest speaker. Her name is Suzanne Stelling. She's written a book called The Woodbine Chronicles, A Neighborhood Love Story. She and her husband are actively trying prayerfully to live the book of Acts. Hmm. They live right here in Knoxville, Tennessee, and she has a wonderful story. So I hope that you'll be able to join us. Um, That's Sunday morning, May 21st at 9.15 down in our parish hall. Um, You don't need to register, just show up. Um, She is a lovely individual. And again, I'm really looking forward to having her here at Church of the Ascension. And then that evening um, of May 21st, our Celtic service is at 5 o'clock. Our very own Rachel Thomas will be offering the reflection. Mm -hmm. And we'll be celebrating Pentecost um, in the Celtic tradition. So we hope you'll join us for some candlelight and some beautiful moving music um, and some pondering of the movement of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Mm -hmm.